Welcome back. Episode 22 of the Fly Kids Show. This is the Like Magic in a Flash episode. And today, and what I'm about to say, y'all, y'all keep this in mind because we're going to come back to it later on in the, in, the, in the podcast. But today, I have someone on the show, a good friend of mine, someone I've known for, I don't know, I'll be losing track of time, but I've known her for a minute. She is a geek, a music connoisseur, a DJ snob, crate digger, sneaker freaker, a good foot revivalist, former member of the Soul Glow Dipping Crew, creator, <laughs> <laughs> creator, lover, mother, sister, and daughter. She is her, and she is, I sound like one of them like spoken word over my <laughs> just now. This is Vicky Ford, a.k.a. Sneak Shots Photography on the show today. <laughs> That's her laughing, by the way. <laughs> oh, wow, I just felt like this is my life. What an introduction. Oh, that's awesome. Thank that's you awesome. thank you for coming. Thank you for having I'm me. I'm glad we finally made it happen. I know we've been going back and forth for a minute. Yeah, I felt like some of these dates I should have been on. Hey, let's meet up. Nope. <laughs> hey, let's do this. I'm going to cancel. Yeah. It's all good. It, it, it comes with the territory. So how you feeling? Well, I was fine until you made me cry real tears of laughter. Oh. Now I feel better, okay. but I'm, I'm good. Good, good, How are good. you? You know, I'm, as my father always says, hanging in there with them. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever met my father, you'd be like, okay, now I see why Geronimo is the way he is, you know, an old man. My father's been an old man since I came into this world. Born old, huh? Yes. and, and You inherited it. I did. And my mother... She has been irritated with society since before I came on into this world. That's why I'm always irritated with society. Oh, now, now it makes sense. It makes sense. It makes sense, yes. You are yeah. the perfect combination of the two. I, I sure am. Go ahead with your <laughs> Stacey Lattice old Johnny Gill ass. <laughs> hey, I like, I like those references. <laughs> Shout out to some uh, DC talent, you know. Mm -hmm. So I like to start with everybody asking them, you know, just background, where they're from. Boom. Where are you from? Mars. No, I'm from Washington, D.C. I was born and raised on uh, C Street over in Northeast until okay. around 88 when my mom started getting popping fresh. She was like, we're going to move the family. <laughs> Did she, she have a government job? No. Okay. She moved us to Coral Hills, which is basically Basically's Southeast like Extension. Down the street and around, around the corner. corner. <laughs> <laughs> but we in Maryland now. Hey. But, um, yeah, so that's so from 88 on until whatever I was a... Uh, Maryland kid. Okay. Don't I sound real happy when I say that? PG County. Mm. I mean, you were inside the Beltway, so that's a that's a different experience than like living outside the Beltway. That is true. You know, I grew up in Oxon Hill, so I can relate to that <laughs> inner that inner Beltway PG County experience. You know, you know, Matt here also being from Forestville. <laughs> oh, you from the Ville? Oh, okay. <laughs> what high school? Oh, you fancy. Oh, you were the you was a science detective. I was a science detective for like two seconds, not two seconds, but two years at Oxon Hill. Oh, look at that. Um, I went to Suitland. Was you? Go Rams. I mean, right. were you in performing arts, Votech? I was in regular ass school. <laughs> <laughs> I went to school. I showed up I showed and up. I left. <laughs> I was present, and uh, I did my work, and I rolled out. Okay. But I also went to Forestville for like. Um, yeah, but when it was in um, Oxon Hill Annex. Whoa. Oxon Hill Annex, which is now with John Hansen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
which I still don't even understand. They just finally made it a school, like maybe about like 10, 15 years ago, like an actual school of its own. Because that's weird because it was just like, we're just the annex <laughs> and we're going to house other people. It was like a pop up. Forestville, no, yeah, Forestville became a pop up shop. It's not literally a whole pop up school before it all became yeah, fancy. Yeah, my sister went to Forestville. Okay, that's enough. Anyway, sorry. That's <laughs> enough PGCPS nostalgia there. Um, so, what was what was it like growing up for you? You know, in your household, when because like you're you're a big music head. So I know I'm assuming like there was music all around, music in the streets. It was just always around you. Well, my mom was a big music head herself, so. Mm -hmm. I used to always hear music when she was younger because my mom had me when she was uh, 19. Mm -hmm. So she was still young in herself. not Almost an adult, not quite. Mm -hmm. But we, she would always take me to the record stores like when I was around two or three. Mm -hmm. And she would let me pick out whatever I want. Yeah. <clears throat> three years old, I'm like, I want this and I want that. And, of course, I was judging by covers because I didn't really know. <laughs> Except for a couple of songs. There was this one album. Um, what was it called? It was a group called Foxy. Mm -hmm. And I used to hear the song on the radio. How I figured out what it was, don't know. But we figured it out. And so I was like, oh, I want that. What's the song Foxy Sing? I can't remember the name of the song right okay. now because okay. I was like three or four. Because the band name sounds familiar. I, I want to say I've seen that name in passing. Well, somewhere. I was born in 76, so it was a, just definitely disco era. Okay. Maybe that's why I like disco. But the other one that I remember the most was this uh, soundtrack to this movie, The Fish Who Saved Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. which had Dr. J and Paul Mooney's uh, sons, these two twins, okay. and um, Stalker Channing, who was in Greece. She mm -hmm. played Rizzo, right? So I had the biggest crush on Stalker Channing. Okay. Strangest thing ever. Never figured it out. So I still have that album. Has my name. My mom wrote my name on it in the year. So I was like, this album is ancient. Yeah. So... That was one of my things. Our weekly trips to the record store. Okay. Kind of, you know, helped spearhead my uh, music thing. Okay. She took me to my first um, celebrity in-store. Okay. Who was Ray the Parker Jr. What? Mm. Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> Pre-Ghostbusters. This is around when he was with radio. So she took me. It was a traumatic experience, though. She took me and had, like, these pigtails and mm -hmm. stuff. So I was waiting, and I was a thumb sucker. And I was like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so he comes up, hey, pretty lady, how are you? Fine. My thumb is in my mouth. And he's like, what does it taste like? And I'm like, sugar. Mind you, still saying this with my thumb in my mouth. So this man proceeds, let me taste, proceeds to pull at my thumb. And I'm, I have it locked. And I'm like, mm-mm. <laughs> Ray Parker Jr. Yes. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So that's my uh, random first celebrity story there. Okay. Do you, do you have, like, a traumatic flashback whenever you see, like, the Ghostbusters video or something? Uh, no, it happened during the unsung. I watched un his unsung, and uh -huh. I was like, mm, you don't ever try to take a child's thumb out of her mouth when she's not trying to share. Don't. So, that was that. And okay. then she, like I said, she always had music. She took me to my first concert, yeah. which was... She, we get in arguments about this. I tell her it's New Edition, and she's like, no, it's not. It's Michael, it's Michael Jackson. Okay. So they happen a couple of months apart. Okay. So I think New Edition was first, and then Michael Jackson. Was this Michael The Victory Jackson, Tour. The Victory Tour, okay. Because mm -hmm. we lived by RFK yeah, during that yeah, time. Yeah. So we walked. I had a jerry curl. I had on my uh, sparkly socks, high water pants. And, yeah, it was a sight to see. <laughs> sight to see. <laughs> So yeah, my mother took my sister, my older sister, to that to that that show. I still there. remember it. I remember it. 
we didn't have the best seats, but I could see a little glimmer of Michael, and I knew he was in there breathing the same <laughs> air that, you know, I was breathing, even though that air went up because there was no uh, ceiling on the RFK. But you couldn't tell me that as a child. I was like, I'm here. Who Who was your favorite Jackson brother? Mm-hmm. At that time. At that. Oh, it was um, it was Michael. Michael. Yeah, you know, as I got older, I realized Jackie was kind of fine. And then my mom ruined that for me about maybe five years ago. She was like, we were watching one of those Jackson things. And I was like, Jackie is attractive. She goes, hmm, I wonder if those are all his teeth. And I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> so now every time I see him, I just go, hmm. Okay. So, so she's ruined it. So now since you say New Edition was the first concert, who was your favorite New Edition? Oh, member? Michael Bibbins all day. Michael Still Bibbins. to this day. It's all about Bibb. You, you you would like the bad boy. You you would. You would, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, look, I used to like New Kids on the Block, and I like the same member because Donnie Wahlberg and Michael Bibbins are literally the same person. Yeah. Just one is white. White and yeah. the other is black. Yep. You know. Yep. See? See? You, you know. But all from the same mind. They all come from the same. Well, yeah, mind. I mean, and plus they're, they're both they're all, they're both from Boston. They're both from Boston. Yeah, yeah. But I wasn't a Ralph fan. I couldn't. I... Wasn't feeling Ralph. Nah. I mean, Ralph had a couple songs, and you know. No, nah, Ralph. Had, I mean, his solo career was really dope. Like all of their solo careers were awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, you know, Bobby's kind of took off in another stratosphere. Yeah. Word up, Teddy Riley. Um, but you know, Ralph did what he had to do. He we was a man with sensitivity, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. They're the same age. Yeah. Maurice Starr set that all that shit up. Oh, it was Maurice? Yeah, Maurice yeah. Starr. Uh, that was Ron Perlman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Maurice Starr was like the... the uh, 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 He was like the black Ron Perlman. I was gonna say he was like the the, the Don King of music. Yeah, he. Oh, that's a good one. That yeah, Maurice he was Star was the Don King of music. That is, that is very true. <laughs> I will agree with that because he had another group um, that did okay, a little lower. It was uh, I think Perfect Gentleman, and I think his son was in that group. Okay, but they were cute. I was beyond. I was old. I was like not checking for them. You I was like, finish? oh, it was like ABC. I was like, oh yeah, cute. Yeah, whatever. That was after your time. That was after. I'm an old lady. Okay. I can't be I can't be out here being Mrs. Robinson. <laughs> or oh, Miss Parker. Oh. Well Miss Parker wasn't bad. Miss Parker was bad. So I I could be Miss Parker. Oh, so were you even into visuals back then? Okay. Cameras so, did you have a little camera? Yeah, my mom used to have I know even as an adult, at least what the t- at the time that I met you, like I just knew you for your 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 musical fascination love and taste and then here comes this camera and i'm just like huh but yeah was was there a camera around as a when you were a youth yeah but it wasn't geared towards music it was like hey this family my mom had like a polaroid mm-hmm. and i used to use up all the film i don't think she was happy about that um i think we all did that i it, know i do i mean you only get like what was it eight ten yeah, something like that yeah, you like m- and you know you're gonna mess up too <laughs> Two is going to be on somebody's hand, foot, arm. You're like, I don't want that. Yeah. So then she had like, um, what is it? The 110 with the little flash bulb on mm. the, and then she had the Kodak disc. <laughs> which wow. I, which was stupid, but I would use that now. Okay. So there was cameras around, but I didn't use them for that. But my love for music was always there. And with her taking me to the concerts, I, the visually, I wanted to keep it. Like I wanted to keep that moment. And okay. I was like, I need to figure it out. Did you ever play instruments? 
Nah, man. You were just always, you know, the, the listener. The I was attendee. the dancer. I used oh, to love to dance. You was a dancer. I used okay. to love, well, I was dancing in my head. But um, I think I was okay. You know, I came up when the real running man was out. Not not that little jittery thing that's they doing now. Mm-hmm. And like all the dances when you used to dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was me. I okay. still break them out sometimes when I put the Bengay on. Okay. So we talked a little bit about music in your early life. Because mm-hmm. I actually want to break down this bio. Because <laughs> this it's, this is like, I didn't. I was like, I didn't even have to really come up with any questions. I can just break down this bio. Um, so music connoisseur. Why music connoisseur? Why, why do you consider yourself a music connoisseur? Is it because you've been a fan and a listener and a true, you know, a true listener ever since you were a, a child or? Um, that's some of it. I mean, you know, some people question my taste. I, I'm all across the board. Okay. So I like all genres. I don't just, I don't just stay in like, oh, I like R&B and soul because mm-hmm. I'm black. Mm-hmm. I like rock. I like pop. I like some other stuff that I really don't know how to categorize, but it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think I'm well-rounded. So okay. that's where the, con- I didn't personally call myself a connoisseur. So I was like, oh, you're a music connoisseur because you know a little bit about this and you know this and you know this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I rock with that. So when did you start? When did you get into DJs to become a DJ snob? Um, all right. There was a time back in the eighties where there was like, what's these? Who was the popular eighties girl? Spinderella. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, she's cool. But what else can she do? <laughs> like, all right, she does like two scratches. And that's that's that. it. Yeah. And I'm like, I know she got more than that. Utilize this woman. Right, right. So I heard something that she did and I was like, Oh, okay, that's cool. But the DJ part didn't come until I was older and had an appreciation because I felt that I don't know everything mm-hmm. and D- a good DJ will teach you something or you're bound to hear something that you've never heard before and you're like, Oh my god, what is that? And mm-hmm. it may it may put you on a hunt or a whole new direction on something else you never knew. So, you know, for me, the ones that do that for me, I mean, there's Questlove who has his whole I'm going to teach you a lesson mm-hmm. DJ set, which is cool sometimes. But sometimes I'm like, I just want to dance. I don't want to learn. But I know how he is. So it's OK. I listened to his interview he did on um, Alec Baldwin's podcast. Here's the thing. And I was like, wow, like I didn't know all this about him. And like he's just very um, what's the word? Um. You could just tell he's like a, a, a true, like thinking, creative type person. You know what I mean? He's, you know, he's always like, he's very introspective, mm-hmm. you know? And just even him talking about how he met up with, um, with Black Thought, you know what I mean? And just like how the roots started and just like even growing up in Philly at the time when he first met Black Thought. Like, oh, so he told the, was it the detention story or the, the, the um, principal? I think they were in a principal's yes, office yes, or something. Yeah. <laughs> He, talk, he talked about that, you know, but yeah, I, you should go and listen to that. I mean, you probably don't have to because, like, you know, you, you know him pretty well. But. You still learn something new every day. Okay. So, you know, he teaches that, and there were some things I've heard, and then um, everyone that knows me knows that I had a real good long chunk of some rich Medina. You, yes. he, Every time he was around, yes. I was there. Mm-hmm. He became one of my favorite DJs, um, not because of him teaching anything, but just his selections. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a really good selector, and then, you know, he's real deep in that 
the um, Fela thing. Mm-hmm. So I hate to say Fela thing, but Afrobeat. And that, like, I feel he's one of the best Afrobeat DJs. Okay. Because I've heard it before, but it's just, I don't know if it's the fact that he connects with it so much. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> that's what I put people as my mom. <laughs> Sorry, That's sorry. like the worst <laughs> do not answer name for somebody ever. All I saw was like little penis do not answer. Wow. Okay. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, so that's what I was saying. <laughs> okay. Um, so Rich, you know, I felt that being that his passion was also Fela's movement and Fela in general, it showed through when he played. Mm-hmm. So I felt it. Whereas I've heard other DJs play Afrobeat before and he was just like, it came off like background music basically more so than like you know you're in the groove right okay um and then you know the local vocals here dj stylus mm-hmm. um shout and, out rome okay uh who else there were some other djs here but you know i've run i've run around so many times so house djs okay sam burns yeah who's a dc staple yeah absolutely every sunday at, uh, yeah, he's been there. He's coming up on his uh, 18th Street Lounge. He's coming up on his 10th year anniversary there, which wow, is been pretty years? since he's been there. Okay. Like 30, 35 plus DJing in the city. Yeah, I was like, there's not too many DJs that can say that they've had that, you know, that longevity, especially here in this right. fickle ass city. Especially and as a house DJ at that, you know, like DC isn't like a house town, like no, that, you know, so nope, okay, and combining the two, DJ Snob, Music Connoisseur, you're a crate digger. Yeah. Now, when did you get into digging in the crates? My mother. Okay, so from there. From the record store days, like. It's, and it just it just kept up. Even like once you start getting your own money, you would just go and just pull. Yep. So, name me three of your most prized pieces of vinyl. Okay, see, now I'm a little different than most people. Most people go, well, I got this rare James Brown acetate from 1942, and we all know James Brown wasn't even around in 42, but. <laughs> Well, maybe he, anyway. He was a rapper. He, was, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't James Brown, right? Um, my for me, it's more so my youth. So mm-hmm. I have like my pieces are random. So I have like one of the I have like this Red Hot and Riot. Do you remember that? It was like um the Red Hot the Red Hot Foundation. They did a bunch of like uh, albums with for what was it? Ah. Uh, Benefiting like AIDS, AIDS research. So they had Red Hot and Cool, Red Hot and Riot. I remember Live Aid. That's the only thing I remember. We are the world. Okay. No. <laughs> so I remember the Stop the Violence Movement, Self Destruction, which we still are using. Um, <laughs> no, Red Hot, and, Red Hot and Riot was a whole Afrobeat album. It had like um, D'Angelo on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Think Common, Dead Prez, Black Alicious, Sade. Okay. Uh, Macy Gray. So anyway, I have that album, but mm. I've had I've been collecting autographs. So a lot of people that um that are on it signed it. Okay. So that doesn't leave my house. And if I get Sade, it's a wrap. Nobody ever has to sign it. Ever. So just, that's the that's the that's the one. That's, that's the one. That's the one. I mean, I got every. I mean, I got Quest. That was cool. I I got Macy Gray. That was interesting. Because <laughs> I actually literally had to go up to these people and go, hey, they sign this. There's some people I totally missed. So anyway, so that's one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All my promo print singles, which is not rare, but 
it means something to me. And at the end of the day, I mean, that's what my prized ones are, things that mean something to me. Okay. And the third one? Well, that's hard. I can't remember. I don't. Come back to it. We'll come back. Talk about your, uh, your, uh, your love for Prince. Please, because... Once again, you you love Prince. I do. <laughs> I do. Like, I do. I, I do. I, that's why my hands are. They need to be done, but they're purple now. But yeah, anyway. Um, no, it is. It's no, true. No, she loves Prince. No, I do. I do. And once again, I blame my mother. But my, because she loved Prince. Like she went in a snowstorm, pregnant to see Prince. wasn't with me, but it's one of my siblings. You know, she didn't I, fall. I, 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 I didn't have an opportunity to really get into Prince as a child because my mother thought he was weird. There's so a lot of Mike, Michael Jackson was all like, and I'm just like, well, shit, he was weird, weird too. too. But, but he appeared. <laughs> he appeared not to be weird. What? My man had on one sparkly glove and was like walking backwards on the floor. He was eccentric. And so, eccentric. He and was. so was Prince. Well, see, but just because Michael... he wore heels. And... Here's the difference. Michael wasn't sexual. Okay. He played it safe. He's saying, I mean, even though he's saying about Billie Jean not being his lover, it's still safe. Yeah, and by the time he came along, gyrating wasn't, you know, a bad thing. And you know, if you really, when you, when you know, when you saw Michael gyrate, you kind of cringed. You was like, <laughs> I don't really want to see that. Prince was, he was hitting subjects, political subjects, sexual subjects. Uh, he... You you wasn't quite sure what he worshipped at the time. You were like, I don't know. You didn't know what he was. You like, I, I don't I know. really think it's just his appearance that like, because at that time, you know, I mean, even now, if there was a prince that came out, I'm pretty sure if my mother saw some. My mother saw a young thug. She probably just like, I don't know what's wrong with that boy. <laughs> I mean, because you had prince what uh, heels, trench coat, mm -hmm. and bikinis, and then you had Michael. But you knew Michael ever since he was a child. You grew up with Michael. That's another reason why parents and people are like, I like Michael. Mm -hmm. He's innocent. Okay. Uh-huh. But, no, Prince, um, truth be told, he, I didn't like Prince in the very beginning mm -hmm. when my mom would play him around the house because he scared the shit out of me. Like, I didn't know. I want to be your lover. <clears throat> this was like, uh, I remember the, that because I remember the album cover because my mom fixed my hair like that. Yeah, yeah, she fixed my hair like a Prince cover. <laughs> um, it was controversy because okay. it was a song, Andy Christian, and it was just freaky because he put that voice on. That's one of my favorite Prince songs, Controversy. Now, let me tell you about that one. So I was a strange child, and I thought, and I'm this is a misheard lyric, Controversy, I thought he was saying, count your pussy, and mm. I was like, well, why is he counting cats? So I've probably so when you hear that song, you're gonna hear "Count Your Pussy." Mm -hmm. You're welcome. I ruined it. I'm fine <laughs> with that. Um, but it was just later on, as I got older, yeah. I appreciated him more. Yeah. So my era, like I saw Purple Rain when I was eight. Thanks, thanks, mom. My mom is the catalyst of all this, as you can <laughs> clearly see. Like Purple Rain, eight years old. Maybe I shouldn't have, you know, really have seen that movie. But I also saw Angel Heart at eight years old. Mm -hmm. You ever see Angel Heart? But you remember, imagine seeing it at eight. I was like, oh shit, the Cosby Show. I love Denise. Oh, Denise, you're doing different things. You didn't do this in the Cosby Show. But back to Prince. So when Purple Rain came out, it was a great movie. Everyone loved it. I loved it. I thought I was Prince. I was dancing. I was not Prince. But he came out with um, 
Under the Cherry Moon, which is mm-hmm. actually my favorite movie. Mm-hmm. I will watch Under the Cherry Moon over Purple Rain any day. Mm-hmm. Now, I will get harpooned. People don't understand that. But it's campy, and I felt it showed the fun, campy side of Prince. Okay. That, you know, Purple Rain didn't. Right. And then he had a third film that I refused to mention. It exists. What, what's the film? It's horrible. Just say it. It's, it's Graffiti Bridge. All right, man. That movie is horrible. <laughs> that movie is terrible. That was the, that was the joke. Wasn't Tevin Campbell in that, too? Yeah. Yeah. It was <laughs> round and round. He was <laughs> it was terrible. I remember when that came out. I do, too. I was, I was like in the third grade. I was like, man, I think I want to see that just because I like the song Round and Round. You know, that was as a child. I was like, I want to just go see movies because that's why I went to go see um, Ninja Turtles 2 because I wanted to see <laughs> Vanilla Ice do ninja rap. <laughs> what? I, I ain't ashamed to say I like like the two really cool Vanilla Ice songs. So. So what, Ice Ice Baby? Ice Ice Baby. I and, refuse and, to dance that song. And Ninja Rap. I d- <laughs> <laughs> that other song where he uh re he covered a uh, 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 uh what was it um average white band or no that was it average no no it was average white band it was a uh, 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 was it um Casey and the Sunshine Band I think so but whoever you... does play that funky music he, he oh covered no that's it. Wild Cherry okay he he uh, I think it's Wild Cherry he covered that and I was just like eh I don't like it. Well, <laughs> I didn't like Ice Ice Baby. I'm probably one of the few black people that did not like that song. I refused to dance to it. I remember one time Quest was spinning at um, the 930 Club. He dropped that joint. I immediately was like, I stopped and paused, and I looked at him. Like, you thought really? it was under pressure? Under pressure is shit. <laughs> That's what you thought it was. But once I realized, you know, like Vanilla I say, no, 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 it's a different song. It Mine was, is dun 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 <laughs> I remember I think it was 2020 I was like but it's the same thing I thought it was behind the music I think it was BH1 behind the music I thought it was 2020 Nah I think it was behind the music well, Regardless yeah. it's the same song bro <laughs> That's anyway. why that's why he went back to rock music But well actually He did really well with um House renovations That's what he does yeah. now I, like, I remember he has the show right? yeah, yeah, yeah I'm like that's your lane baby You You stay in that lane right there Don't come back over you did that. You stay over here. You remember what should did to you? Come, come back. Stay <laughs> anyway, we don't want you back. Um, but yeah, so, okay, so Graffiti Bridge, terrible movie. It was horrible. Yeah. I mean, it should have been billed as one long music video because that's essentially what it was. Okay. Really, really long, bad. But I'm not going to sit here and bash King Prince because, uh, yeah. I mean, everybody has one. You know, all of, all of our favorites have at least one that's just like, nigga. <laughs> and that was it. So, I mean, and then, like I said, later on, as I got older, I appreciated the sound. Okay. And I appreciated what what he brought to the table. And I didn't always agree with some of the things he did business-wise. Some of it made me shake my head or scratch or look confused. Mm-hmm. And But, I mean, he if you look at it, he was like the innovator of this internet, the selling on the internet and all this other stuff, mm-hmm. if you paid attention. He just didn't stick with it as, as hard as he should have. Mm-hmm. But... I miss him. I met him. That was an interesting situation. I have one print story. One. Everybody has one print story. Okay, give, give, give it to us. So here's my one print story. So I went to New York with my homie Carl. Mm-hmm. We went. To, it was around 2011. No, 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 no. Might have been a little later than that. He did. He was doing the Welcome to America tour. So we went to Madison Square Garden, caught the show, 
really great show. Found out there was an after party after. Like when he does these after sets, he used to go to clubs and little small intimate settings. So found out where it was. I was like, yo, I've never been. My homie Carl seen Prince like 49 times. And I was like, you going to go with me? We're like, yeah. So we go. Dude comes to the door. We almost didn't go. Dude comes to the door. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Derby. You're here for the Prince after set. Uh, the admission is $200 per person. Cash only. I was like, looked up the how many people was, you know, the capacity. And I was like, dang, you just made a whole bunch of money. Yeah. So then I was like, all right. Reached in my pocket. Here you go. You paid it, the money. I paid the money. You a real fan. I, <laughs> you a real fan. I just had it at time. So went in. Got my lo- the stage was literally almost the size of this table. Like it really wasn't big, mm-hmm. or maybe the lip of the room. So they squeezed all his little band on the stage, and I'm standing there. Brody comes up. Hey, you see this court, this box in front of you? Don't let this cord come out. If it comes out, you whack out his sound. Okay. And I was like, Oh, no pressure. All right, I can do this. He goes, But let me show you what to do if it does come out. So he showed me. He's like, You got it? I was like, Got it. So I was like, All right, got a little job here. I feel, you know, I feel privileged. I got a job. So Prince comes out eventually. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, my gosh. I'm literally as close to him as I am to you. Yeah. And I'm like, so pretty. Look at you. <laughs> what shoes you got on, baby? Oh. So he's playing. Then he disappears. And I'm like. Like a thief in the night. Yeah, like 20 minutes later, 25 minutes later, he disappears. And I'm like, I just paid $200. You I know I get more than 25 it minutes. It played out like a Dave Chappelle skit. Basically. But wait, so I looked at my friend. I was like, um, you've been to these things before. Does, does, does this happen often? He goes, no. I'm like, is he coming back? I guess. So, you know how when you're at a show or at an event and you're waiting? I mean, the band is still playing. Yeah. And you just kind of start just kind of looking around, just taking in what's around you. So I'm like, oh, okay. Hey, Caucasian man. Hey. Oh, that's my Caucasian friend. Hey, Caucasian friend. All right. Hey. And then someone says, turn around. So I turned around. And so as I turned back, he was directly behind me. <laughs> so I had on this like little, little lightweight this hoodie. This really like a Dave Chappelle skit. <laughs> <laughs> so I had on this little lightweight hoodie. So when I turned around, I jumped. Yeah. I was like, <sighs> so he looked, he jumped, he goes, and he gave me those print eyes. It's kind of like looking you up and down. I was like, I could die. I'm good. This is great. This is awesome. So he was coming to mess with his bass's like uh, gears or foot pedals or whatever. So I see this big hawking uh, bodyguard mm-hmm. to my left, to my right, to my left, right. Lord, I don't know what, to do, what my left and my right is from to my right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, all right. What? Okay, I know not to get too close because I don't want you pouncing on me like the hawk. So he's trying to get in front of me to do this, mind you, right in front of this dumb box. So I'm like, please don't knock this over. I mean, but if you knock it out, it's fine. But I'm like, please don't, though. So now the music is hitting. I'm trying to dance. I'm like, I can't really dance the way I want to because my titty going to knock the man out the way. The dude's going <laughs> to pounce on me. I was like, all right. So the crowd kind of shifted. So we ended up side by side. Yeah. So I was like, all right, this is much better. So side by side, he turns and he looks at me and he says, would you help me back up on stage? <laughs> so my brain is like, wait, did you just ask me a question? Wait, you just talked to me. Wait, are you asking me a question and talking to me at the same damn time? Wait, is this really happening? Dude, do you know? So this is my brain. I'm cool on in the outside. Ma- in a matter of seconds. I'm cool on the outside. So I extend my arm. 
So he wraps his arm around my arm. My friend has his other arm. Security guard has his waist. And we all hoist him back up on stage. Turns around, gives us the Mentos thumb. And he goes on and plays. Now, I was like, oh my God, not only did you give me the look, and you touched me, and you asked me a question. This was worth $200. <laughs> so at the end of the night, after the show is over, I'm trying to go to the bathroom. He's trying to go out. So we meet in the middle. Mm-hmm. So he looks, and he gives me a kiss on the cheek, and then he goes, worth every okay, penny. Okay, now it's worth $200. So okay. that that was my uh, one print story. I encountered him two encountered him two more times before that, but it wasn't really a story. It's like okay. it's like, oh hey, it's you, and you're right here. Hmm. But this was my story. Okay. So next, <laughs> so next one, sneaker freaker. Retired. Retired. Because I don't give a damn no more. <laughs> I don't care. So when you were and when you were in the mix, how many how many pairs of sneakers would you say you had? I mean, at I, the height of your sneaker collecting. I still have them. Okay. Well, how many do you have now? Over, I don't have a lot, a lot. I have like over 140, maybe. Okay. Yeah, about 140 pairs. Okay, that's not bad. I only have two feet, though. That's not bad. Yeah, I'm not like, I have all these. I thought you was about to hit me with the storage space. Oh, no, no, no. no. (laughs) Music. Music took up that. So it was like, I had one one had to go. (laughs) So it was kind of like, I like these shoes. But still, I was. I was a strange person. Like I bought what I liked, mm-hmm. not just because everybody else wanted or it was the hype thing to buy. Like there's some some of them shits is ugly, and you just want them to say you have them, and it's like I get that, that's fine, but that wasn't my thing. So did you ever like go through extreme like great lengths to get a pair of sneakers? Or I refuse to sleep outside. I would rather pay somebody else to do it. I I couldn't do that. No, the furthest I went for a pair of sneakers were what wait. Was it? Yeah, no, I didn't do anything crazy. I almost went out for them pigeons. I'm glad I didn't. I still have my life. Um, yeah, no, I was. I wouldn't do anything crazy. You hire that's what you hire people for. Okay, so you paid a premium. You paid that premium. <laughs> Kudos to you. Yeah, but now, yeah, you nah. you see what I got on now? <laughs> look, look, hey, radio, radio, air safaris. But they're comfortable. You I'm, know they brought the uh, the Air Icaruses back out. I, I seen them, Jones, when I was up in Ohio, when I was in Columbus at the sneaker store. I was like, I had these back in the day. I didn't even know what the fuck they were. I just had them. <laughs> and I was like, man, I should buy them again. they only 85 why not? I'm like, nah, I spent enough money. It's okay. But see, that's not bad. That's not bad. It'd be different if they were like 385 Like that whole Yeezy thing. Nope. Not doing Yeezys. I, nope. If somebody want to gift me a pair, I'll gladly take them, but I'm not. Jordans. I've never owned a pair of Jordans, okay. which is crazy. Like, even my my son has owned Jordans. Mm-hmm. I've bought them, but I've never owned a pair in my life. Does your son have the same love for music that you do? Hmm. Not as hard as I do. Okay. It's funny. Michael Jackson was his boy. Okay. That's his homeboy. Still to this day. In his room, he had a Michael Jackson picture hanging up, and... I kind of used to clown him. <laughs> why? Because you was a Prince fan. That's why. Well, there was that and the fact I was like, um, you know how old you are. You got this Michael Jackson. And I was like, you know what? I'm sorry. I just wanted to clown you because I can. I'm sorry. But he got me back. It's all right. Okay. He gets me back all the time. Yeah, your, your, your son. Now, he definitely got your sense of humor. <laughs> he got something. He definitely has your sense of humor. You got to see them like 
Joan on each other. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. He gets me sometimes too. Sometimes I let him. But for the most part, he's pretty good. I did a good job. You did a great job. All right. You did a great job. All right. A good foot revivalist. So you trying to get people to start dancing again. Hell yeah. Don't you know when you dance, you 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 uh you purify yourself and you because you're sweating, and then you take all that tox- all the toxins out, and it makes you feel good unless you can't dance, and you, you know, about to have an asthma attack, which mm. I basically saw someone do, which is not good. But it made you feel good. Dancing made you feel good, and it was like camaraderie, You had, uh, unless you were dancing by yourself, mm-hmm. which is still fine. But it's me and, like, a couple of my other friends, they call us party in a box. Because once we get there, we're dancing. Yeah. I don't I don't care. If, if the music hits me, and if y'all want to stand around, that's fine. But you should be dancing. I mean, just, there's no reason for you to stand mm-hmm. on the wall. Like, is that unless that's why you came out. Mm-hmm. And in this city now, I mean, there's a lot of people that come out just to be seen. And seen and take some pictures. Selfie, Snapchat. I fucking hate Snapchat. I hate Snapchat. I hate Insta stories. Insta stories. I hate them all. <laughs> I hate them all. I just started using Insta Story. As I'm a on- photographer, you hate. I mean, I can see that I can because see. it's like I don't like Snapchat. Because I'm like technically, I, I deleted my Snapchat account for a third time. See, I have it, but I don't use it. Now, I, I I go when I'm when I'm done with some, I delete the entire account, so I have I can't even be tempted to go back on. But see, I never even really use it. So I, Insta Stories kind of forces you because I don't even watch it. They just I just see the bubbles above, and I, I don't I look at the pictures below. Well, I look at okay. So there's a couple of people's Insta stories that I look at all the time. There's a, there's a handful. I can't do everybody, but you know, there's some people. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna see what you're doing. Like, and it's because like, cause you're doing something, and it may be something cool. Like, you're not just walking down the street showing me that you're walking down the street. Why? I don't. Okay, we all walk down the damn street. I walk down the street. Why well, I want to see you do it? So one night I was at home watching something on Vimeo. Uh, like sometimes I'll go on Vimeo, like let me just see what the videos that are coming out are. So I gotta look it up. It's a, a matter of fact, I'm gonna look it up now. I'm t- talking about it. So this 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 young girl, this young woman. I'm trying to get better with the girl woman thing. You know that's a, a topic now <laughs> on Twitter and Howard Stern. Just make them all mad. Say female. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I ain't gonna do that because you know I'm, I'm too conscious now. I can't do that. But uh. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, wait, likes. What, where's my like stuff? Can this, 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 less likes. There it is. Okay, so the name of it is Crack Screen, a Snapchat story. So this, this young woman in, in London, she's like on Snap doing everything. Like, I guess she she's, has like a ton of followers, whatever. But what happens, she's walking down the street one night. She doing her Snap, whatever her poses. Some dude comes from the side. And like, screen goes black. So, we know that she was attacked. Now, how the attack went, we don't know until two, uh, a couple, a couple scenes later. So, one scene, she's talking about, she's like speaking in the dark, because I guess, because this is before we knew her face was fucked up. I think he like threw acid on her face or something like that. But she's talking, because like she's like. Somebody put a picture of her face online, and now everybody's talking shit about her. Like everybody who was following her on Snapchat, now everybody's talking shit about her because they saw her face, how it was fucked up. And so then, at the end of that one scene where she's just like really like going off about it, she kind of like 
show she puts the camera on and the light on her and you see like one side of her face i'm like man it looked like she was like like harvey he, dent like he threw acid or something on on her face and so by the end of the uh the the, the short film you know you see her like she's like you know what on some like get up dust myself off i'm going back to work because like well, she did something like in like either like pr or like something creative mm -hmm. in like a, an agency type of job like that but she's in the elevator, you know, she puts her makeup on. You can still see the, the, you know, the scarring and whatnot. But I was just like, wow, that was a deep seven minutes. Because, like, I doubt very few people think about when they all in their camera walking yeah, down the, the street. Yeah, all the stuff that's going on around you. And, like, this dude just blindsided her, came out of nowhere to rob her. You, you know what I mean? Crazy. See, I, I don't do it. Like, I used, what did I do? I used Insta Story. I went live. Mm -hmm. You should send me that link because I want to see it. Okay. I, I went live down in South by Southwest for the first time. I was like, uh, yeah, let's go live. Oops. And I did it by mistake. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, I'm here at this root show. So I'll show you that. Oh, I'm here at TI. I'll show you that. So that kind of, oh, Brandy's singing. So I'll, I'm going to probably start using it for that very sparingly. People like stuff like that. And you then, know, especially someone like yourself, because like, think about Vicky Ford is she be getting like this like access <laughs> into different spaces with these these music folks, these artists that you're just like, how the hell did she do that? <laughs> how working. did that happen? She working or attempting? Or nah, looking like, like she working. Nah, even before you was working, you you just she got a she's got a good Jay Z story too. Oh, the Amy Winehouse one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But, um, oh, Amy. I mean, you know, sometimes, you ever seen, uh, what was that movie? Um, Can't Buy Me Love. You ever see that movie? Uh -uh, I see that. All right, so it was this old 80s movie, because I'm a kid of the 80s. It was an old 80s movie, and um, he goes to the, he's the nerd. He likes the popular girl. You know the typical story. Nerd likes the popular girl, gets the popular girl, um, and they go to the dance. He can't dance. So his brother set him up mm -hmm. and put on this African dance channel. So he learned the dance on the African dance channel. And so he goes to the dance or prom. I think it's just a dance. He goes there and he's there dancing or whatever. And he starts doing, he's popular now because mm -hmm. he's dating her. So he starts breaking out in this like little African like <laughs> dance. And then everybody starts to do it. Yeah. So, I mean. I don't want to go into the club and have an Usher video happen. Because, I mean, that'd be kind of cool, though. That'd be kind of cool. But then you would want to wait. How y'all know the move I'm going to do before I do it? Hmm? How y'all know? That's what I used to look at in videos. It used to mess me Your up. Your life is like a movie. Eh, some days. Some days. So, I mean, I like to dance. My friends like to dance. So, we, we're the Good Foot Revivalists. You can dance with us. You can watch us. We don't care. Okay. Former member of the Soul Glow Dripping Crew. I had a jerry curl. I knew that's where that was going. So, But you, it wasn't drippy, though. Okay. I, had a, I had a nice, nice um, jerry curl. Mm -hmm. I had really, really long hair, mm -hmm. like middle of the back yeah, hair. I've seen pictures. And I cut it all off. Mm -hmm. I blame Michael Jackson. Cut it all off for a jerry curl. My mom was a beautician, mm -hmm. so she was the only person I would let do it. Because... Okay. Why would she have to pay like a hundred and some odd dollars when she could do it herself? Do it herself yeah. Which also made me realize that NWA wasn't as hard as they portrayed to be. Well, as they claimed, well, they were hard, but 
Man, There's something the, about seeing a man. All the dudes out mm-hmm. the West Coast had a process. Yeah, but a long one. Yeah, but I know what those curl rod rollers look like, and it's hilarious. To, and I'm like, I know you sitting under a dryer with a plastic cap on with these pink ass curlers in your hair, because they had different looks. If you had like little hair, you had the red ones. Then it went to like yellow and blue. And if you had like the long joints, you had like these purple rollers. So every time I would see NWA and I would see Eazy-E, I would just laugh. <laughs> I still do to this day. Yeah, but he, he would have shot you, though. He probably would have. He would have shot you. But he's you. still probably in curl rollers. Oh, Lord. So <laughs> you had a, So for me, my, my mother, my grandmother, and my sister had a jury curl. I, I missed it, thank goodness. You missed the boat? I, I didn't want the boat. And I'm glad I, I didn't get... I wasn't asked to be on the ship. But <laughs> nonetheless... Whenever I smell activator to this day, it triggers like Really? Yes. So I know what to do next time I see you. I'm gonna keep keep some uh carefree curl up in my, in Stop my bag. Stop playing, man. Like for real. <laughs> World of wonders. Anyway. Wave nouveau. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll get some gel. Just cuz you with my hair now, even if I just put some gel in it, it's going to curl up. Okay. You okay. know that I, my smell activator now. I know exactly. Oh, Betty, I'm going to get the spray. Get the spray for you. I did that once before, Axel F. Mm-hmm. It was, I think, their 10th year anniversary. So I put on, um, I made my hair like, kind of like a jerry curl. Mm-hmm. Put some spray activator. Fonte kind of took my activator. I never saw it. He took my activator. Anyway, and I had on a members only jacket. Mm-hmm. I thought I was easy E. Minus a shotgun. So when Coming to America came out, did you still have a jury curl? No. Okay. Okay. It was no. Going, it was so, it was I, but I understood. I understood the uh, the three wet spots and stuff. the references. Yes. Yep. Yes. Of course. Of course. But my hair wasn't that damn drippy. Whoever came up with that hairstyle? I mean, I hear. I know that was supposed to be some kind of protective style, but that that it actually wasn't. Your hair was all slimy and greasy after. Yeah, a while. but it grew. Your hair would grow like shit if you had a jury curl. It, it would, which is weird because, I mean, you're putting a chemical in it. But they, it, it would grow. That shit would grow. Because, <laughs> I mean, you really wasn't doing nothing to it except for washing it and putting some activator. Mm. I smell activator now. Thank you. Thank you, Phil. <laughs> you can't forget that smell. <laughs> you cannot forget that smell. You don't even have to see the person. You smell it. You're like, who the fuck got a goddamn jury curl? So, all right. Creator. I'm a creative. I created kids. I create art. Mm-hmm. I create headaches. Mm-hmm. I'm a creator. Okay. Everybody, but I feel everyone is a creative. Everyone has a creative something. Okay. Even people that say they don't, they have want something. So, for everything we just broke down in this bio, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna circle it back all the way to 2000. I think I met you in 2008, 2009, somewhere mm-hmm. around there. Um. You were doing nightlife promotion. Yeah, that's what I was let, doing. Let, let's talk about that. Let's talk about uh, with Emanate, right? Yep. Yeah. Let's 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 talk about that, and let's talk about how you got into that, how just everything we just discussed leading up to that prepared you for. Um, Emanate happened because I knew the main guy, Mark Powers. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a friend slash coworker of mine, and. We both worked at the music department of Borders. Mm-hmm. I also worked at Tower too, yeah. which I think also automatically makes me a cool kid. Mm-hmm. But um, 
we met there and he was telling me about what he wanted to do and then like around 90 99ish 99 2000 you know okay player popped off really mm-hmm. big and the roots had their I'm a big roots fan mm-hmm. um the roots had like their uh black lily stuff and uh I think things fall apart just was come about to come out or just dropped and I joined the street team mm-hmm. and then I guess Mark did as well or he worked his way around in some of the uh upper management areas and started doing a few black lilies here in dc okay so during that time the major venues were i went to black lily a couple times when i lived in philly they were fun yeah and that that small that was my first experience with you know spoken word and open mics and all of that yeah poetry open mics let me say that yeah i i hated i hated those a lot of people don't like them but (laughs) i mean because you're only going to get like four, four different poets four Mm. I'm having flashbacks, but we um he started working with them yeah and then I kind of just started like oh well, I'll help that meant long nights in the cold in the rain well not the rain so much but in the cold in the heat hand and flyers I was that person that you hated to meet when you came out the club I was like peddling my wares and what year was this again oh gosh this was like two thousand up until maybe. I think I did my a seven, eight-year bid. That's what I call it. Okay. So you can't get me to hand you a flyer now. Yeah, yeah. I don't even care if it's, well, if it's mine, it's going to be a little bit different. I ain't going to be outside in the club. You ain't going to come to your car and find your car has been flyered to death. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, I met a lot of people that way, too, being actually out in the D.C. streets during that time, you know, on U Street, uh, when Bar None was there, Bar None before it became pure. Before pure. Um, yeah. Talk talk about how DC nightlife was just from your perspective, like at that time when you when you first linked up, and when and then, yeah. Just talk about that. Well, it's it's it seems like it's the same, but it's actually it's different because most people now promote online. Mm-hmm. They're not outside, so you don't really get to see who you're marketing to you just know the demographics of who you're marketing to mm-hmm. whereas back then you know you know you're going to see the same people or see some new people like like i said you had bar none you had republic gardens state of the union um and all this is like pre 14th street marvin busboys boom yeah back when 14th Street wasn't as sketchy. Still a little sketchy, but not as sketchy. I mean, the Black Cat was in a smaller venue down mm-hmm. the street from where it is now. Um, Did you ever go to the Coffee House? Yes, I went to the Coffee House. <laughs> and Mango, well, yeah, Mangoes, because we had to go there, because we were like, oh, we know where our target market is. Mm-hmm. So our target market is going to be at Coffee House. It's gonna, they're going to be at Mangoes. They're going to hang out at, um, uh, what's that place? State of the Union. Mm-hmm. You know, there may not be the Republic Gardens crowd. There might be a couple people in there, but it's enough people in there for us to kind of, you know, yeah. um, market towards them. And during that time, music was different. I mm-hmm. mean, it was a little more a little more earthy. You know, you knew what people were saying. Yeah. Even if you didn't understand the message, you know, they were saying some words out their mouth. So, I mean, at that time you had, like, who was... You had The Roots, and then you had, like, Erica popping up, and you had... That whole little soul crayon explosion. Yeah, yeah, this was like the 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 
was this like the beginning or like the, the peak of the neo soul? Neo soul. I hate that movement. Term. Yes, okay. I, I, I hate that term. So then you know locally, you know you had like even like from Baltimore, you had Fertile Ground, mm. which was a big deal. Yeah. Um, you had like uh, who else? Like then Erica, like you had an, besides Erica, you had Ndombi and a bunch of Bilal, mm -hmm. like when they were still raw. And I mean Bilal's still raw. He he has his moments, but. It was just a different climate, and it felt good. Mm. It's like, oh wow, the, these are like some golden years. You had Jill Scott before she was Jill Scott. Mm. Um, it was just a different time, and it was it was it was fun. It was fun. And so there was room for that. Y'all saw that there was a lane for that even in the early two thousands in DC when, like, you know. You still just had like, as far as like black nightlife, you still had two major schools of thought. You had like the whole love, well, not love wasn't out yet. You had the whole dream, dream. You had the whole dream <laughs> uh, scene, and like you know, you had some things, some, still some things going on downtown. Like, right. Um, you had, um, but see, even with that dream scene, th that that's what started to change because then the liquor companies decided that's well, yeah, when they started it. That's when they started. Because you had Dream over here and then you had uh, 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 downtown, you had, um, why is it, DC Live and... Um, AKA had, the old lady Bryant. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, and after that, you got um, some other spots like Home and Palladium and then like you had H2O down Southwest. And then... And then you, but you also still had Go-Go, which was still pretty strong yeah. in the early to mid 2000s. So... Even and you had Quigley's. I think Quigley's was still around. Remember Quigley's? Do you I, remember that? I I didn't. I wasn't old enough to go, but I remember <laughs> Quigley's. Yes, but you still. Those are still the two dominant scenes in black nightlife. So y'all still saw a lane to go down and mm -hmm. create. Okay. And he, uh, we, I guess I, I'll throw myself in there. You know, it was Mark's whole thing, but I was there. I mean, there were some really cool things like Eric Robeson's, um first live CD was recorded at one of our shows mm -hmm. at the Black Cat. Okay. Um, and then the Black Cat became kind of known for their black shows that was put on there through Emanate and then um, kind of slowly moved over to some spots at the 930 Club. There were some dates that were done there. Yeah. Um, I remember there was one. We, <laughs> it was, I can't remember who, it, who the opening. It was like an artist and then Idris Elba DJed after. <laughs> Wow. When what year was this? Oh man, I can't remember what year. It had to be like two thousand maybe five or six or Oh, so he he the he, the wire was still on T V, all of that. Okay. It was just it was just funny. It was like, Oh, okay, all right. Uh, <laughs> you didn't even know he was a DJ. I didn't know. I was like, like oh. we know string a bell. That's I was like stringer coming to do what? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> He was a really nice fellow, though. Um, and then, I mean, Raheem, early Raheem Devon. Yeah. Like, I somewhere in my house, I still have video footage of Raheem shirtless rolling around on the floor at um, State of the Union. He was opening for Fertile Ground. He probably will kill me if that ever becomes unearthed. But it's somewhere in my house. I, I mean, you it. already put the, the tease out there. <laughs> Somebody going to try and be like, yo, you got that. You got that Raheem rolling on the I, floor. I, I know. We, we trying. You got <laughs> Get up. Yeah. So I mean, and then you know, there's really some memorable moments. Uh, there was um, it was a lot of fertile ground shows, mm. <laughs> but they were probably some of the best shows. And then he did uh, gosh, 
a lot of Quest DJ sets, so I was a little spoiled. Mm-hmm. So that's how some of that ner- that uh, snob snobbish stuff came about. Mm-hmm. And then there was something else. He- there was just a bunch of stuff. I have like a whole. That's another thing. I- I'm a collector of everything: mm-hmm. records, books, CDs. I'm like my own little my own little borders at my house. <laughs> You've seen my. <laughs> I have. I have. You had. You have the stacks. Yeah. DVDs. All that. Yeah, VHS tapes. I ain't got those anymore. Um, old magazines. Like I used to love um, Trace magazine. I don't know if you remember Trace or not. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was dope. It was like from the UK, and it was geared towards like everything black. Mm-hmm. But it was just really, really cool. The art, the articles were dope. Pictures were cool. And I've always like I've always dug pictures, of course. Um, album art. I read liner notes. I like liner notes. I wish people invest more time in liner notes. I would I would start buying CDs again, if you know liner notes. I mean, I guess you could still get liner notes if you buy a CD. I just yeah, but a CD the thing is, a lot of people. <laughs> but yeah. I I forget to do that because of like the digital music. But the thing with the liner notes now, like a lot of them don't even they don't come with it because the art form of liner notes are lost. Mm-hmm. They're either lost because they don't want to do it, they don't think about it, or a budget. Like I remember, I used to be mad. When like I didn't get, I got I did, I got a CD that didn't have the lyrics, and I was like, how they not gonna put the lyrics in? Budget, they had to cut something. Like even with um the roots, like excuse me, the they were no, Questlove was notoriously known for his liner notes because they were so in depth and they told the story. And it's like, yeah, he could do it online, but it's not the same. Like. I need something tangible. I need something to hold in my hand and it's look not the at same. it. Same, just going to genius real quick and yeah, it's like let me oh, let me scroll and read. Oh, oh, that's what you. Oh wait, that word is wrong. That is not right, genius. But they need to bring back the art, the liner notes, please. I mean, <laughs> please. I know Zoe in the foreign exchange camp. They appreciate it, yeah. and I know they do it. Mm-hmm. But so you did. You were with Emanate for a good. You said seven, eight years. For until it it folded. Okay. Yeah. So kind of in the be- I was there from the beginning almost basically to the end. What were um what were some of the like the the big parties like in terms of like names before, that you can remember? Oh gosh. Um, I mean there were probably bigger names then. I mean like I said there was uh, the whole Black Lily crew, mm-hmm. um, Jaguar Ray, Blau. Uh, gosh, who else? There was like Martin Luther. Mm. There was um, uh, what is her name? What is that woman's name from Soul to Soul? Her it's right, Karen Wheeler. Okay, that was a fun show. Um, there was Adriana Evans. I don't know if you remember her or not. Mm-mm. So it was a lot of like soul people. Julie Dexter, Karen Bernard. Mm-hmm. There was some. I think we did a Yazra date or two. Okay. So it was all like mainly soul people. Um. Then there was a couple of like Latinx, this group, Los Los Amigos and Visibilays mm. or whatever. They were really cool, and they're still around. Um. There was just a lot. I can't remember. So when did you know that it was time to pivot? Things were coming to a close. You were just kind of getting tired of well, nightlife, like or being a nightlife promoter, I guess. Uh, when I became a people person that didn't like people. Okay. Was there a specific event that happened? No, or? I think it was a course of time that, you know, I was out all 
the time. Okay. And I was a young mother, so I still had to divide that between work, kids, and being outside at all times of the night. Mm -hmm. And rolling to Philly or going to New York or wherever I would run to, mostly Philly. But um, it just kind of just kind of just phased out for me and it phased into something else that actually the photography kind of came about a little bit in that because okay. I realized I was like I can't play an instrument I can't sing um, well okay I actually thought I could hold a note a little bit but recently I went to um, the Grammy Museum and at the Grammy Museum in LA they have this like little setup where you can go into this booth and you have Jam and Lewis basically telling you, all right, this is what we're going to do. You're going to do this. And you're singing um, I'm Only Human by Human League. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, I got this. I know this. But then I did something and hit playback. And I was like, who is, I say, who is that awful person? Say oh, that's me. Erase is there a way I can't erase this? So I just kind of like just slid out the booth away, like no one knew it was me. But um, I mean, definitely when you when you play it back when you when you're singing, it definitely does sound different. You know? Yeah, you think like, oh, you know, I'm only human. You don't gotta go that high. You know, it ain't that low. It's like in a good mid range. Mid -range. You know, you you heard that shit. You just like whoa. <laughs> it was like I'm not even you sharp and flat at the same time. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is horrible. Yeah, I can't. So I decided I wanted to learn the camera. Like, it picked back up from all the concerts that I've seen. Yeah. And I was like, I want I want to capture these moments. Okay. I want to keep these moments. So when, when did you come up with the name Sneak Shot? Like, when did that whole moniker come into play? Okay. So back in the sneaker days, um, I kind of created, uh, well, I was thinking about creating an alter ego okay um my alter ego was a nerd didn't really care wore iconic t-shirts hmm kind of sounds like me now uh and its name was sneaker lancaster sneaker lancaster okay yeah. so i never really did too much i started then i stopped and then the sneak shot thing just kind of came about because i started sneaking around with this camera because no one really knew i was doing it yeah and then I was like, hmm, hmm, sneak shot. Oh, okay, yeah, I guess, so. I guess that works. So it's kind of one of those, that's just how I named my child. So I guess I'm going to have to name everything that way. So you, you're, getting, you're going to these shows, got your camera, you're getting the sneak shot. No, didn't happen that way. Okay. I'm going to these shows. I asked my friend, I, had a, I have a friend, uh, Kim Gaines. She's a photographer. Peace to Kim Gaines. She, uh. Good lady. She. <laughs> She had a camera, and I was like, oh, can I borrow your camera? <laughs> and I, I didn't know. I didn't know the camera. Uh, this is a, what, a, a DSLR. It was a D90, a Nikon. And I was like, well, tell me. And she was like, no, here you go. Bring it back in one piece. Figure it out. I'm like, who does that? I don't know. I don't know anything. What so I'm like, I know what I wanted in my head mm. because – I used to read magazine after magazine. So I, Black Kid, I wrote, read Right On, of course. But Right On ain't have the best photos. Nah, um, they had like... Yeah, and sometimes... They the, were like personality shots. And sometimes they weren't that good. And it was just kind of like... Yeah, I can't even explain. Yeah, it, it, it right was, on, yeah, we no. had them posters Mid. up. 
It was like I'll be sure standing in front of a crowd. <laughs> but a po- yeah, right. no, it was like nothing. Or like somebody pointing, like yeah, <laughs> yes, it was always the point. So I um, I used to always read um all the UK magazines. So like I worked at Tower and I worked at Border. So I saw like Trace and ID mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I know ID yeah. Rolling Stone and um. There was another one called Untold. Like, there was a bunch of magazines that were out that had really great photos. And so they were eye-catching to me, besides, you know, regular old cover art. So I realized, I'm like, well, I have access to things, so let me let me see what I can do. So borrowed Kim's camera often, probably more than she really wanted to give it to me. Mm-hmm. Then there was another photographer um, that came about later on named uh, Jeffrey Wright. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Jeffrey, who came by really late to pick up his lens. Shout out to Jeffrey. <laughs> but Jeffrey also helped because, you know, he would he would be shooting, and I was like, Jeffrey, let me shoot something. So he would give me his camera yeah. and let me shoot. Mm-hmm. So early on, you know, I, I was like, oh, well, send me the shots that I did, and he just never would. So it got to the point where I was like, all right, I'm going to just take your camera. And I'm going to get my shots off, and then you can have it back. So, with that said, I shot um, Gil Scott Heron. Oh, that was an Emanate show. We did a show with Gil, a couple of shows with Gil Scott Heron, um, which was really, really cool. He was a really cool dude. I was really glad to have met him. Um, but yeah, so I've had I had some photography friends who well, who kind of like here, girl. I'm gonna take pity on you. Go ahead, just bring it back in one piece. And then, you know, I had the other people that were my influences. So for me, like locally, you know, there was there was Jatai. Like at the yeah. time that yeah, it's Jatai. Jatai photo, yeah. Um Where is Jatai these days? He's still he's still around. He okay. shoots a lot for the Kennedy Center. Okay. Um so Jatai was one of the inspirations and then there was Ralston, mm-hmm. Ralston Smith. Yeah. Like he would pull me to a side sometimes, all right, well, you know, try this or you but I'm like, You're six feet tall. I'm three apples high. I'm not going to get the same vantage point as you. So, yeah. but anyway, he gave me some lessons, and then so I fiddled about some of the, some of the shots. Were like, oh, okay, I guess. Some was like, oh, what the hell is that? But I I take pride in the ones that aren't 100 percent because it marks a journey. Even now, I still don't get 100 percent all the time. So, so the, at what point? At this point now, you've you know you're getting some mentoring. You got your people around you, like pushing you, like okay, you're gonna do this and you're gonna learn today. <laughs> At what point would you say you really started feeling comfortable behind the lens and actually like shooting these shots in concerts? It hasn't happened yet. So you still? I still get nervous. I get nervous before every single thing I shoot. I usually say some sort of prayer, so I may look crazy. So if you ever see me standing there with my eyes closed, okay. I'm praying that I make it through, that I get what I need, that God guides my hand. Okay, so let me ask another question then. Uh-huh. When could when did you when could you say to yourself, like, okay, I am a concert photographer, if that's even a real title? Well, I mean, I, I mean, there's a like, I'm. There's so many different photographers. Like some people just. I'm a photographer. Mm. I can say that, even though I, at one point I was a photographer that only shot concert. Like, that's my niche. Okay. Like, can I do your headshots? Yeah, I, I can. 
do I want to? Probably not. Not, not really. <laughs> not really. I mean, not, and it's not because I can't. It's because, I mean, I can, but it's just nothing really there. Except for, I just did some headshots. Actually, this is just a roundabout. I did some headshots for a lovely lady um, about a week ago, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed it. I was like, okay, these are cool because they weren't your typical headshots because they're boring me mm-hmm. i'm not a corporate photographer i don't i mean that pays bills that that right. definitely pays the bills but at some point i'm like mm, if i wanted to just pay bills i could just go get a regular job and pay some bills but um but, but i like money it's not <laughs> i do like money money helps keep that in mind whoever's listening and might have want to book her bills. <laughs> i don't like bills but i like money um but money even the, even then with that in that regard money is not even my my um process for doing this like it's not my drive it's is not. do you see it as a way for you to get closer to the artist mm. like you know i'll say let me say connect with the artist you know especially when you are shooting artists that you're a fan of well yeah sometimes actually okay so last night well might not be last night by the time you hear this but uh on last night i shot the chili peppers mm. and they're on my bucket list i have a photo bucket list I've marked off a good chunk of that list. But the Chili Peppers was on there. Mm-hmm. And I literally begged and pleaded to get assigned this uh, show. So I got it. And then I decided to do something really smart. I decided to use a brand new camera that I've never mm. used before <laughs> to shoot this show. Oh, I'm smart, right? So I'm like, all right, Leica, I'm going to use this Leica. I'm going to shoot this show. Okay. I had my backup camera because I'm, I'm, I am actually smart. So... I'm there. I'm like praying extra hard this time, and I, you know, I'll 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 show you. You tell me what you think. Okay. Meanwhile, while she's pulling this picture up, she's got this. I think this is the this this is like one of her signature photos that like really like catapulted her to like people knowing like oh, Vicky she gonna shoot the show. Yeah. She got this dope ass like shot of Erica Badu. Where she's looking very angelic. Yeah, we got we we got to pull that one up too. Like, so, <laughs> I'm gonna need a new background for my phone anyway. Let me get that. <laughs> and this is with the Leica. Yeah. Let me ask you this: what's the what's the industry like now? Because you got so many, you got smartphones, right? And now you got social media, so people are just dying to put out content, images, videos. Like, does that help you because you're seasoned? And you're like a step above, or does that kind of hurt because the, you know, it's gotten super saturated? It's all about who you know. And right. early on, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't think that, but it doesn't really hurt because I'm like looking at Insta. I'm an Instagram fanatic, so looking at Instagram, you may find someone who may not take great photos, but they have like. A crazy amount of followers, like forty-five thousand followers, mm-hmm. be it bot followers or be it real followers. Right. But they they marketed themselves, or they they have a couple of hot pictures with a couple of hot artists at the moment that people are like, oh, I like them, oh, I right. like their work. So it's just a pissing contest to me. Yeah. That's all. At the end of the day, I don't think it really hurts anybody. I mean, the market is oversaturated, but that happened. There was an oversaturation of DJs. There's an oversaturation of photographers. Right, but the cream rises to the top regardless, right? That is true. Or more refined sometimes. Well, yeah. But see, even with me, 
there's some photographer like I have my photography idols mm. and some of them are older and some of them are actually new. Mm. Um there was one point in time when I started I think I got ser- more serious and focused on photography around 2011. That's the first time I had my I had a, I was in a group showing. Do you remember that one? Uh, it was Terry and Daphne and yeah, I. Yeah, y'all had to talk over when um, 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 um when the bishop was down. Yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. on Ninth Street. Mm-hmm. So that was the first time I ever showed anything, and I managed to sell three thousand dollars that that opening night. So that was real. first night out. That's real. So in a show, first first time in a show. <laughs> the, and the funny thing is, I um I haven't shown here since. Kinda. Uh. Hey, supply and demand. Well, Next time you throw one. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's close to time. I'm figuring prices, something prices out. went up. <laughs> figuring. Yeah. Hey, those were some good. I think those were some good prices. Um, And I thank everybody that bought them. You know, because it was really hard for me to decide how to set it up. But I'm a kind of a classic person. So at that time, I was like, okay, I want frames. And I want it to look like a gallery show. And mm. that... Will I do that now? Probably, but I, there's some twists now that I, I definitely would do. Mm. So that night I had a lot of people come to me like, you know, one of one of DC's photographers' name is Augie Ogborn. Mm. Like, he shot everybody back in the day. He, he came to me, he was like, young lady, is this your work? And I was like, yes. And he was like, you know, you presented it really well. Keep doing that. It looks really good. He goes, and this is your first showing? I was like, yes. He goes, okay. And he gave me that, you know, that old black person. Okay. I see you. So, <laughs> like, you, 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 all right. You, you got something going on. You got a little chutzpah. Anyway, so. Um, I like this one a lot. And I'll tell you why. It's like this one. Oh. Because it's like Anthony Kiedis is like, uh, it gives, I'm thinking like he's like the punk, looking like the punk Freddie Mercury right there. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, he kind of looks like that now anyway with that mustache. Yeah. But And, and Flea just look mad old, man. Well, you know they're in their fifties yeah, now. Yeah, I know they old. I know they are. It's like crazy. They're in their fifties. Like y'all remember when they were like well, I mean, young? I think they came out good. Yeah, I'll let yeah. you. I'll let you be the, the final judge. I you, am the, the photographer. I am the harshest on myself. That Erica shot that you were talking about for the longest time, I was like, mm. you didn't like. I gave it to her. And what did she say about it? Um, she liked it. She said she's gonna give it to her mom. So I was like, all right, well, if you're going to give it to your parent, that's, it's, right that's not bad if you're going to give it to your parent. Um, and then, you know, that garnered me a little Twitter follow. I was like, oh, thank you, girl. <laughs> but uh, I mean, as far but back to Instagram, as far as Instagram and stuff, like some that's it's a good place to show your stuff. But it's also sometimes I'm like, what is that? But it's really hard for me to do. I don't like doing that because I don't want anyone to like look at mine like, what is that? Mm. And you, but there are some good photos and there are some bad ones. I've seen a little bit of both on Instagram, um, and even some of my favorite photographers. I'm like, I don't, I don't quite know. I don't. I you must don't. be experimenting. Sometimes, well, you know, it's it's they. Um, they. Some of my like some of my favorites on Instagram is uh, a guy named um, Corey, but on Instagram he's Photolier. Yeah. Like photo yeah, yeah. I, I like that's not. I I love his eye because it's it's so different. Like yeah. he does more like city landscapes and stuff like that. Yeah. Like um, ah, uh, there's he had a series that he was doing. He had a lot of series that he was doing, but 
it's a con- like his photos make me calm. Like it's just cityscapes between like DC, Brooklyn, and Boston. Um, and then there's Devin Allen. He's from Baltimore. Yeah. I like like he's doing you some know Devin Allen. He did. Know. He's the guy who um, shot that that one shot uh, that time used after um, the Baltimore, Baltimore riot. Oh, the guy oh. running with yeah, the cops yeah, yeah, behind yeah. him. He shot that shot. He yeah, that's his shot. So he's um he's been doing a lot of good stuff, and I, I like his Instagram feed, and he's doing some wonderful things with mm-hmm. the with his iPhone. Mm-hmm. Like that new seven is is popping off for people. Um, there's another guy, Mel Cole. Who started off like Mel. Yeah. yeah, he's basically he's the roots um photographer. Yeah. Um but he's now with Trey Songs. So he's Trey Songs photographer. You know if he's still um doing a lot of shooting for um for uh 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 Team Epiphany? Cause I remember he used to shoot I don't think he does anything. Uh, I mean, he I know he, shoot, he used to shoot a lot of their events. Yeah, I know he's still That's family. I, yeah. I know he's still family, but I don't, I, you know, being that he's usually on tour with Trey Songs, like yeah. everywhere now. Between oh, and his wife. His wife is a dope photographer too. I think her name is Avery or something like that. Okay. Um, then there's another guy in New York named Scott Hines. He does more like photojournalistic stuff for the the Gothamist. Mm-hmm. Like he went to Haiti and shot some stuff. It was beautiful. So, I mean, I have my favorites. And then it was actually one time early on in my career that I didn't feel anything I did was good enough because I did the one thing that you're not supposed to do. I compared myself to another photographer. There was one photographer that I admired and I was like, but my stuff isn't like his. Mm -hmm. My stuff isn't as good as his. But his stuff was great because, one, he had an eye. I mean, you can't, if you have an eye, you have an eye. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also the access that he had. So it was like, at the end of the day, am I saying that my shots aren't good enough because, you know, technically they're not good enough? Or am I saying that because I don't have the access that he has? What are you doing with what you have? Right. Um, So so, even with like, so I was gonna ask about access, like. I don't even have all the access that I need sometimes. But so to gain that access, is it just a combination of just like having those dope shots and just like hustling? Like, is it like, just the overall, like, do you need a publicist? Like, you need well, a manager? Like, I think it's different like, things. Even how, how just to become a concert photographer is like, you know, just show up like, yeah, you know, I'm here. And <laughs> it doesn't know, work that way. I know some people, and I'm going to just take some pictures. And then eventually you just take some pictures and more and more pictures. And people well, are like, yeah, you got the pictures. And I mean. We're going to call you. We're going to pay you now. It depends. Like, it's all a, everyone's journey has done this. Mm-hmm. So, whereas you might have a dope co-signer. Mm-hmm. Um, you may be able to align yourself with certain things to get to boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. So let's say you start off doing, you know, with your little point shoot and then you move up and your point shoot works and then someone takes a chance on you and it's like, hey, let's do this with you. And then you maneuver yourself around to different events and stuff and then you have more people that vouch for you and your stuff. Then you may shoot some risque stuff and then you got that, you got a whole nother audience. So mm-hmm. it's all like, and people keep hearing your name. You keep hearing your name. Um, so you get hired or you don't get hired. Or sometimes you do things for free. Like a lot of people won't tell you that, yo, I did that for free. Mm-hmm. You know, they. Man, everybody, <laughs> for the most part. Has paid that dude. Has, right. There's some that's. St- you got to build that foundation. Like. Yeah. Right. So, or, you know, they're like, oh, well, I did it for this, but, you know, it wasn't the amount that I want. I mean, but you did it. Right. So for me, I, at one point, I mean, who would want like all backstage access at whatever show to shoot, whatever. But I decided that's not 
my thing. Like, I'm not after the candid moments. Candid moments are really dope, but I prefer what's going on on stage. Yeah. Maybe if I catch a candid moment while I'm walking by something, that's cool. But just to be able to be back there, to be back there, to be seen, mm-hmm. I mean, that's not necessarily what I would do. Because people, some people still make me ass nervous. Yo, what's what's one what's some of the craziest shit that you've seen being that close to the stage at like some of these major artist concerts? Right. On the front side of it, really nothing. Like there's nothing that really goes on. I mean, you know, you may catch a chick running by that hop the fence, but nobody really does anything. You ever seen like a security car just just shoulder a nigga, you know what I'm saying? Like Yeah, me. <laughs> <laughs> My Thanks bad. for the memory. My bad. Um, <laughs> I mean, I understand certain situations, and I understood why I got almost knocked the fuck out, but mm-hmm. it wasn't my fault. They yeah. were trying to get to something else. Um, the craziest thing I'm, I, I almost did was almost tap Jaden Jaden Smith, though. So I have this thing about people getting in my way. Okay. And if I see something, like I maneuver around people, but sometimes I got to put the two-finger press on you. And that's the, I will mm. tap you. So I was at this festival and they made us shoot Kanye. So, all right, so you know, I have to set it they up for you. They made us shoot Kanye. No, 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 no. Hold on. <laughs> There's more to that. So you know how when you go to these uh, bigger festivals, they have like this, the crowd separate off in two. So it's kind of like a T shape yeah. in the yeah. middle. So the security can grab people or whatever. So to shoot Kanye this was like last year at the Meadows that was the festival mm-hmm. he kind of had to run because Kim got robbed right. so they were like okay so you can't shoot Kanye from the front of the stage you have to go by the soundboard in the T far back yeah and I was like and I didn't know I was actually going to be approved to shoot Kanye because there was certain outlet like everybody didn't get approved I did and I was like I wish I would have known I would have rented a longer lens because Kanye which outlet were you shooting for okay player okay so Kanye was going to be this big. Oh, okay, player and Ebony. Okay. So <laughs> I was like, well, at least if I would have written the list, he could have been this big. Mm-hmm. So they put us back in the T, and then they started putting everyone back there. Like all everybody's entourage. So at the Meadows that day, it was like Chris Rock and his daughter and her friends. And Jaden Spiff was like a staple at all the um, festivals. He just rolled up. Right. This dude decides to kind of like stay. I'm, I'm like, I know you and your dreadlocks are not going to stand right. I'm about to put the two-finger press on you, bro. Because I'm like, I only have, like, the first two songs. Yeah. He's not going to do anything. But I don't need your head in the way. They're telling me I can't stand on the riser. I'm too, you see me? I'm short. So, before I had to put the two-finger press on the boy, mm-hmm, he moved. <laughs> he started talking nope. to Chris Rock. He said, no, he, I guess he, he wanted to talk to Chris Rock. So, they, he went on the other side. Then I just had to battle all the other photographers. So I was fine with that. I was fine with that. But I don't see anything crazy. Just people falling out, dehydrated, stupid. I'm like, if you go, you, I understand. I get the dehydration process. Yeah. You know, you're standing in this spot all day to see this one artist you want to see that goes on at the end of the day. and You don't yeah. want to move, but you want water, but you don't want to move because you got to pee. But right. if you keep drinking, you're going to pee. Yeah. And then you're never going to get back to where you are. Right. So I'm not going to drink anything. And I'm, it's hot, so I'm just going to pass out and die. Right when my favorite artists come on, so right. I miss the whole show right. anyway. <laughs> anyway, that's funny. So how many people, <laughs> whether they just want to be attendees or one of their photographers, how many people ask you, can you put them on? Like, get them 
some passes, get them to be able to shoot. How often do you get that question? I, I get it often. Can they meet whoever you're shooting? Yeah, I, I get that often. The one thing I used to do was I used to be the um, house photographer at the Howard Theater. Mm. And they would let me choose my understudy. So days I couldn't, you know, I couldn't show up. I would have to have it covered. Right. So what I would do is look at my, in my photography pool, and I would pick out all ladies. I wouldn't, mm. I wouldn't ask any guys. I would pick out all ladies and go, hey, go cover this for me. So mm. that was my way of saying, all right, so this is how you, this is what you do. And then I have one friend. Um, her name's Jacadra. She was more. She's more so like a. I wouldn't say she she's not a concert photographer, but she does more lifestyle and um, headshots and family things. Mm -hmm. But I wanted her to do shows, so I was like, "Hey, this is how I'm gonna throw you in." Just like I got thrown in, but you know, you know the you know the technical part of it. So go. So it worked. It was a sink or swim, mm -hmm. and that worked out well for her. And then there was another young lady that I would use from time to time, but um. Yeah, I get asked for things. I'm like, I can't do nothing. I was like, you, I still gotta ask. Yeah, like even, even in most situations, I don't mind sharing what I know. Um, if I can help you, I will help you in whatever way that I can. Not everybody, you know. You got to show me something. I can't just be like, oh, I'll put you on. I'm a vouch for you, and mm. you do something, and that's and you just louse up the whole damn thing, and then they looking at me like, this your people. <laughs> yeah, we don't do that because yeah. people don't know how to act. I mean, you may get somebody some tickets or get them access to something, right. and they go crazy. And you're looking like you don't have no home training. That's why you ain't never getting anything. I knew I That's shouldn't right. have took a chance my, on my you. My mother always say, "Act like you've been somewhere." They don't know how to. <laughs> you put some heat and some alcohol. Those are two things that don't mix they right. Don't mix well. Are, is there a publication, or are there publications? Is there one publication that you would like to have your photos published in, or maybe even work for them, like just? full-time um yeah a couple i mean but sh shit there's not that many publications left mm -hmm. true um well i mean i've wanted to shoot for okay play i've done that i'm doing that um i wanted to, always wanted to shoot for ebony i've mm -hmm. done that a couple of times not in print but it's been on digital yeah okay um i had some stuff on the digital side of new york times they ran a miguel i love miguel and I've shot forgot, Miguel's I forgot, fire. Bro. I forgot about your your love for Miguel too. Okay, yes, yes. I um I shot Miguel like since the beginning. Well, not the very beginning because he was in L.A., but like around 2008ish, whatever. When he did a show with Mary J. Blige, and I've shot him basically every year since. What was the name of that mixtape that he dropped? Like, you talking about Art Dealer Chic, the one before the album? I believe so. It, had, it was like three. It was like it was three like, songs. It was three volumes. Right. It was like it was a very short tape but it was like hits on it like it was that was probably art dealer chic before kaleidoscope it. dream came out um it was, it was right around the time when all i want is you with cole like in that time but i don't know i'll find it i'll find it um so i've shot him every year basically since then mm. haven't done it this year though but i think he's coming soon i'm almost sure of it not here to new york um and then my new one is anderson pack man D that dude that dude <sighs> I slept yeah. on I slept on that dude. I ain't even gonna lie. Um, I slept on him hard because I'm telling you a funny story. I don't know why I'm telling the story. So everyone around me was like, "Yo, you heard that new guy Anderson Park?" And I was like, "Who?" <laughs> 
they was like that new kid. I was like, mm, no. They was like, all right, go listen to Malibu. Yeah. And I was like, all right. So I went to go listen to it. And I guess my ear was not ready because I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> the, I don't. Man, Malibu's a great. Wait, 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 wait. Hold okay. on. Okay. Hold on. I was like, uh, I don't know. what, what No. Mm. But I, I gravitated towards Am I Wrong? Because for me, yeah, it had that Jamiroquai feel, and I love I love Jamiroquai. Yeah. And um, I was like, yo, this joint is hot. That was the only thing I would listen to. That's it. The rest of that album was some trash to me. Hold on. Yeah. So then, a couple of weeks later, he was doing Broccoli Fest. Yeah. With Broccoli City. Yeah. And yeah, I was you like, yep. And I was like, oh, that dude there. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I went with no expectation. He was playing like, I'm going to go... To the bar, gonna <laughs> give me something to eat from one of these food oh, trucks. Oh, the drumming nigga! <laughs> I was like, all I gotta do is just shoot the first three, so I'm good. So this dude came out. I was like, oh my god, right. yo! Man, so a, it all connected. Hell of a show. It all Man. connected, and then that night I went back and listened to Malibu, and it clicked. Click, right. It clicked. I was Heart like, don't stand a chance. I was like, I got it. Your prime. I got it. Every, and every then, and then I went. I just fell down the rabbit hole. Oh, that's a different. Album. Well, I mean, but it's but it's, it's yeah, still kind of still same timeline. You know what I mean? And then I it I went back and found the cover art stuff that he did when he was Breezy Lovejoy. Mm-hmm. I found the old Breezy Lovejoy songs like Draws and um, this other one that he probably like. Yeah, I haven't even peeped the Breezy Lovejoy. It, it's cool. Some of it's like. Yeah. And then I went back to Venice, and then two weeks after that, I had to Venice, shoot him. Yeah down at uh article okay and so from that point on it was like anderson 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 then i i got to meet the dude and he was excuse me he was real cool and he made he made me feel good one day i um put up some shots of him from the Fillmore. yeah i think i was at that show that show was awesome. <sighs> it was amazing so i put up some shots and he i think he retweeted it and he liked it and he followed and i was like oh and then boost the followers. And then he, uh, what did he say? He said something. What did he say? Hold on. She's like, let me go dig up the tweets. No, it's digging up the text message. Ooh. <laughs> uh, if That's I, real. If I still have it, I'm a pack rat. I should have everything. I was about to say, you set your phone to delete messages after 30 days? No, oh, I tried that once before. My f- oh, dang! Did it leave? Oh, I guess I, I guess I did get rid it, of it. Because it does delete after a year. That's the default setting. Oh, text oh, default yeah. settings delete after a year. Oh, oh, dang! Oh well. Oh wait, do I have it? Wait, hold on. I'm weird. Oh well. So basically, he uh. He hit me up and he gave me pretty big kudos on one of the shots that he that he saw. And I didn't even know he kept it to his phone. And I was like, oh, hey, I want to set up a studio shoot with you, blah, 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 blah. Still waiting to do that because he got all popular. <laughs> and uh, he was like, yeah, but I know you did this. And he hit me and it was the picture. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know you. Oh, that's tight. So I was like, oh, that's cool. All right. Thanks, guy. I mean, the studio shots still happen. It, well, I wanted a portrait thing as well. I actually have an idea. It's a, it's a random idea. I'm not going to say it out loud. Okay. But um, it's it's random. I don't know if he'll be down with it, but it's a little, it's okay. a little random. Let me ask you this, though. Right? Mm-hmm. So 
you come from vinyl, right? You come from all different forms of, you know. Yeah, not the A track though. Yeah, it, not it, the A track. It was out, but. <laughs> but you see, we come. In, we've obviously come back to vinyl, right? But see, yeah, I never yeah, left I mean, it. I'm talking about just the general, like, I don't know, like not early adopters, but what comes after that, like, right before laggers, like the middle of the curve, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's like on on this vinyl wave right now, right? And I think it's a pushback from like too much access on social media, which or is what y'all like streaming music right, and all right. that. Social media, just the whole gamut. People aren't really sitting with music like they used to because you always got something coming out. Yeah. Exactly. So, is it? Do you feel the same way, or do you feel similar similarities are there between like vinyl and like print for photography as opposed to just shit being online all the time? Like, like there's a bigger demand or a higher demand for print now because there's so much digital shit out there. Well. Print, maybe not so much, honestly, because no one really buys magazines. That's Mm -hmm. why they're all folding. Either they're Mm -hmm. completely folding or they're going digital, Mm -hmm. which at the end of the day is okay. But, I mean, for a person that likes to... You can't collect. You can't collect. I can't collect. I mean, digital I, issue. I mean, I can have... Yeah, I can't. I mean, which which (laughs) saves space. Print the PDF. (laughs) I'm... Look, not we ain't going to talk about this. Not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. You got to have that glossy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's, I think the vinyl demand came back because of, I hate to call it, because of the hipsters. Yeah. yeah. And Absolutely. And I mean, I'm not mad at it, but I am because now you can go to Urban Outfitters and pick up an album for $30. Right. And I'm like, why is this album $30? And I also say like for many, many younger people, you know what I mean? Many people like. I even say under the age of 25, like a lot of people are just like, a lot of people in that demographic are just like romanticizing the analog days. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, I know some, some young photographers, like they shoot a lot of, they shoot, they shoot a lot of film. Film. And I, and while, and for them it's just like fun, you know, they're not really even, and I mean, they get booked for different things, you know, but like film, like they're all about shooting the film. They don't even think about digital, you know, and I'm just kind of like, eh. I, I dig it, but are you really, really into it because you really like digital or you just like that it comes from this this era? Well, I mean, there's a lot of people that just, they're purists. Mm-hmm. So they're like, film is what it's going to be. I'm going to learn all the film. I'm only going to shoot film. Digital, I get it. It's quick turnaround. Mm-hmm. I mean, you shoot something. Like, what? I shot Chili Peppers at, what, 9, 9 o'clock? Uh Normally, the photos are like basically done, and normally the photos are basically done and edited about maybe an hour or two after that. Mm. You know, last night was a struggle. I told you, um, somebody couldn't stay up. She got old. Me, but normally, I mean, it's just a fast turnaround, and film doesn't do that. But it's something gratifying about film. Mm-hmm. Like you can hold it, you can touch it. Real, you, it's tangible. Right. I mean, but, but th- that's what I'm saying though. Like in the midst of all this digital shit, and just like just being super saturated and like with with content all the time like i think it's a natural reaction to push back and go after things that are more real Mm -hmm. to go offline more right like set yourself apart even now so i used to be on facebook hard like i was a hard body facebooker now i'm pulling back a lot i'm just like all right i'll only reason why i haven't even deactivated my entire account is because the way facebook is set up 
if I deactivate my entire account, I also lose my photography. Page, right, I lose my page, photography right, page. Right, mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, oh, so yeah. thanks for making me pooky because now I have to stay right, and take your right, crack because right. this is the, you connected it to something else. Right. Um, so what I usually do now, like sometimes I'll just post on Instagram and just let it go over Twitter. But even then and there, I need to now go on Twitter because when you do that, it only posts the link, doesn't really right. post the picture. I so, so it's like, I need y'all to get better. Just a little bit. Yeah. So I've pulled back from some stuff. Even sometimes I fall back from Instagram, but then I don't. And then I, be, I post like a whole bunch of stuff. But as far as film, I like printing my stuff. That's what I'm saying. But I, out of all the stuff that I've shot, like hanging in my house, now you would think I have a bunch of stuff hanging in my house. Mm. I have one thing that I shot actually on the wall. One. What's that? It's this uh, photo I shot of Dave Grohl mm-hmm. from the Foo Fighters yeah. at Verizon Center that he signed. That's oh, it. That's, tight. that's dope. Yeah, that is. Dave Grohl, legend, in my opinion. That's Yeah, that's the only That's the only thing that's hanging in my house. I had Miguel hanging up. Everything <laughs> else is on a hard drive. Well, yeah, except for there are some things lying around the house because you know artists always have some random stuff lying. So I have pieces that came from a gallery show that I didn't sell that's just like, there you are. You sitting there. So eventually I'm either have to sell them or hang them. What size do they normally do you normally sell them for? Like the largest I use well, that Erica one was big. That was like twenty by thirty, I think. Wow. Yeah, that Erica one was I would never sell that that size now. Um I think the highest I go up now is like uh sixteen by twenty. Okay. Smallest is um Eight by ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, thinking about doing something smaller for something later, just something a little quick and fun. But I haven't quite figured that out yet. So I want to ask you this before we close out. This is my my fi- not my final final, but my final question. Oh, is this like <laughs> the the final Jeopardy question here? Nah, not really. Oh damn! It ain't, I'm not gonna put that much pressure on you. Okay. Thanks. Well, what, what? <laughs> I give you some pressure. Oh really? You Bring it. Some, you want some pressure? Give it to me. Nah, man, I'm not, even, I'm not even on that right now. But why do you think, because, okay, I know you're not where you would like to be. I don't even know where you want to be. But where you are right now is a pretty good place, considering where you started. Okay, yeah. You know, why do you think you've made it to where you are today? My work and my attitude. I don't take anything for granted. I don't take people for granted. Um, I don't really use a situation. I try to learn from things mm-hmm. and people. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate everyone that actually took an interest in me. Mm-hmm. Like even you, I appreciate this because I'm like, who want to talk to me? I ain't nobody. I'm just chilling over here with my camera. Um, <laughs> and that's another thing. My friends are like, um, it's nice to be humble, but you're a little too humble at times. And I'm like, I've been around so many people that should be humble and they're Mm -hmm. not and I'm like I don't like that beast like it becomes a beast and then you expect people to do things for you or you expect to get this and I don't expect anything I I just saw a John Mayer quote and I think I just posted it and it it resonated with me so much that I was like yeah yeah John even though I shouldn't be taking quotes from John Mayer but (laughs) that could be kind of dangerous But this one wasn't this one wasn't bad. It was uh 
no matter what I do, I'm gonna I'm going to earn it. And I was like, yeah, you know, I mean, hookups are nice, but I want to be able to say, hey, I did that because right. I I earned that. Yeah. I did that. You put in the work. I how put do in the work. How do hookups happen anyway, right? Oh well, you put in the work. Well, not all the time. Sometimes there's people that's like, oh, she shot this picture of Kanye. Not me. Let's go ahead and put her on. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's a nice person. All right, let's put her on. So, I mean, there's, there's a that's rant. how you spin it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a rant that's a bunch of different it. ways. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I have a tendency of being an asshole. <laughs> I know this about myself. I see where it happens. I'm very snarky at times. Um, I may not be the nicest photographer all the time, but... You know, I'll apologize sometimes. Keyword, sometimes. Sometimes. But for the most part, I mean, I made it this far because I had people that believed in me. Mm. And I appreciate all the people that believed in me or still believe in me. But I still have some ways to go. I mean, I'm going to always be a student. So I was trying to ascend. I may get knocked down, but, you know, I'll come back up. Word. So what, what, what can we expect from... Vicky Ford, a.k.a. Sneak Shot Photography, near future, far future. What's coming up? Ooh, um, just... That's that the pressure question. D- thank you, and there it is. <laughs> um, what is coming up? Just right now, it's festival season, so more shooting. Um, I relaunched my website earlier last year, and I'm going to probably start selling prints on there mm-hmm. um, probably in the next couple of months once i sit down and send my designer my 12 photos i'm going to sell because i know she's waiting sorry darren it's coming um so yeah and i'm just going to wander and go see a bunch of cool shows what's the website it's sneakshot.net so sneak like sneaker shot like shot dot net that's so that's one place you can find her where else can people find you if you peruse OK Player, you'll find me there. I'm there. You what? What Matt? You want, nah, OK, you, you okay Player. You want anybody to find you on Instagram? <laughs> What's that? I don't even know what that is. Okay. No, I'm kidding. Instagram is Sneakshot Photography. I'm one of those people with that really long name that you really don't want to type in. Twitter. Don't be tweeting. I don't really be. I don't give out my Twitter much either. Yeah, I'm like, the magic don't... happens on Instagram. Follow me there. Yeah, because <laughs> you know, on the twatter, as I call it, on the twatter. Yeah. Shout out to the twatter. Hey, follow me on Twitter at Backpack Matt. <laughs> he so he he's he's in the Twitter. Oh, like, you're oh you're you one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Me, I, I just sit back. I don't back do Facebook. And I don't do Instagram that much. But. I, yeah. I I didn't even know you had an Instagram. I'll try looking for you. I was like, is this dude even? I be I be off the grid with Instagram. See in Twitter. See all right. So let me tell you what happens on I Twitter. I just be like an old grumpy man on Twitter. Like y'all, everybody just need to shut the fuck up. See like, like, that, like Mary J. Blige. Everybody shut the fuck up. Right. <laughs> Twitter becomes a bunch of like noise. Oh, it's yeah. like stop, shut up. I was like, you know how I, how I can quell that? I'm gonna get off of this. Right. I'm gonna hop off this pony right now. But I am an asshole on Twitter. I reply in gifts. All the time. That, <laughs> well, that's, I love I love the comedy and the exchanges and, the, and just the the speed of information coming from all over the place on Twitter. You can't really get that anywhere else. And you're like, I can deal with like the radical like statements and all that stuff to a degree. It's kind of getting on my nerves at this point. But Instagram, like shout out to Instagram because I still have it because I, I see how useful it is as a creative to push out content. But I just got tired of seeing like photos of brunch and like selfies all the time and like so expand 
your followers. I did. I, I no, I did, but really? I also did that on Twitter. So like, I get the I get opinions and I get perspectives a I little bit more. I expect to see you. I expect to see my number go up. Hey, follow me on Instagram too at Mister Backpack. That's your name, Mister Backpack. Mister Backpack. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm, now I know what your name is. I'm just like I, I like I said. I just so do you ever travel without one? Without what? A, a backpack? backpack? Not these days. He sees me all the time with it. Yeah. yeah. That's all right. That's backpack, Matt. I stay with a backpack <laughs> ever since I was little. Sounds like a character. Someone should draw that. I, th- I can't draw. I mean, it's a corny name, but it sticks, and people people tend to fuck with it. So. But it works. It works. It, it works. works. Yeah. Well, I hope I haven't bored y'all too much. Not at all. It's yeah, you, you you didn't bore me. I wouldn't allow for that to happen. If I thought you very were insightful boring, conversation, I wouldn't ask you to come up here. I appreciate that. You know. And um, I'm a I'm gonna get your photos to you. <laughs> oh yeah, so so we took some shots. Uh, she took some shots of me um, down at the intersection of uh, Good Hope Road and MLK. Ah, uh, okay. Um, and you know, I I picked that that well. Tell them about the project and why how we even got to like okay well i'm a pick girl bro mlk well there's a project that i'm working on that i'm only <laughs> telling people about because i haven't figured out what i'm gonna do with it yet yeah um so i'll tell you later because i don't want to share yeah we definitely okay. want we definitely but i picked talk I, okay so i picked the location because up until i was about what maybe 17 i really wasn't going uptown much most of my time in dc was spent in Ward 8, mm-hmm. in the Anacostia neighborhood yeah. in particular, mm-hmm. you know. But for me, so that that point, like that being like the downtown area for Anacostia, you know, just like spending a lot of a time in, in my childhood on those two strips, yeah. you know, um, and then just in that neighborhood. That's why I picked Good Hope and MLK. But mm-hmm. I think the shots were dope, even though I haven't seen them yet. But I feel like they were dope, you know. <laughs> I feel like it. Shot maybe you even got East, maybe man. maybe you even got a one shot with like somebody looking in the car like what the fuck they doing on the corner. <laughs> I'm, need you, I'm gonna need you to take photos of me when I grow my beard back out. You know what I'm saying? Like why did you cut it? I couldn't see my neck no more. And I felt like that was a problem. Oh, you, you didn't want that type of beard. <laughs> I didn't right? want that type of beard. Okay. I feel like I wasn't at that level yet. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm moving a little too fast. So I was like, let me trim it down. But he trimmed I'm it down a little too much. I'm trying not to laugh really hard. So it's like my neck is a little too much, ex- too overexposed. Like I feel all the wind right now. I'm mad uncomfortable. So I'm sorry. I have this concerned look on my face, and it's not because of you and your beard. It's a nice beard. It's because I just I was looking for Mr. Backpack, and I found Harry Chandra. I'm like, yo, wait, this is not yeah. you. There's another Mr. Backpack. Oh, for real? Yeah. Let me check my shit real quick. Do you spell Mr. Out? Is there no period? No, it's straight through. Hold on. Uh-oh, uh, we're going we to figure this out. Yeah, look, look, see? Might be, I might be. That's not Matt. Nah, so wait, just, you did you abbreviate Mr.? Is there an underscore? No, it's full out M-I-S-T-E. Oh, okay. That's yeah. what I just asked you, sir. Oh, I thought you said something else. And I asked you, well, is there a period? Nah, no period. All right, now I see, now can you just yeah. spell? I thought you mean like Mr. Dot Backpack. Well, that's who that is. Oh, there's a Mr. Okay, uh. It was Backpack Matt on Instagram, but I went through this phase when oh, you, I wanted you, to change my you're name. You're one of those people. Exactly. How are you going to be a creator? All right. This, this is my one pet okay. one pet peeve. I'm La- sorry. Last point. Last final point. Final thought. Oh, Jer- Instagram. Jer- Jerry's final thought. 
<laughs> Why is it when you're a creative and uh, you want to be seen that you have your page private? Not, or you, not or, you. or you selling something? And you you got an Instagram <laughs> boutique, but your page private? Right. <laughs> nah, I feel you. I feel you on that 100. percent But like for me, it's like I said you. I said you were different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just like, um, wait, you're you're a rapper, but your page is private. I don't understand. True. That's real shit. I just feel like people be giving themselves, people be allowing pe other people to have too much access to them. Sometimes. So I, I you get need that. to regulate that shit. I that, get that. You can really go crazy off of that. Just really like. Well, I'm going to warn you. Um, my Instagram page, I didn't separate it. I have real life. That's real. And work stuff together because that's what you're going to get if you talk to me anyway. You're, you're going to get real life and work stuff now someone told me that i went a little too far with the titty picture shut the hell <laughs> yeah them things I out i knew what she was about to Ooh, say oh she had them things <laughs> out I, I bought a new pen i bought a new pen it, says, it depends it's so oh. so you know when you buy something as a photographer you have to set up the merchandise i don't think you well, went too right. far all right. So but I'm said, also one of people's like, yeah, women all, can show their bodies however they want to show them. Exactly. It's your body. If you feel comfortable, you do what you do. You like do, you, boo -boo. <laughs> do you, boo-boo. Do you. Oh, man. I had to say it. All right, y'all. We've come to an end. Thank you so much, Vicky Ford. Sneak Shot Photography coming on the show. Appreciate you. I learned, I learned even more about you just when I thought I knew it all. And I just knew a little fraction. So thank you, ma'am. Thanks for having me. Hope to come back again. Maybe. One day. You'll be back. Okay, great. You'll be back. Yeah. Right. That's a wrap. The All The Fly Kids show is recorded at the Innovator Studio inside of Impact Hub DC in Penn Quarter. Engineered by Backpack Matt and Ryan Gordon and produced by Geronimo Knows, me. You can subscribe to and listen to this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Mixcloud, and Spreaker. Pay it for it and let your people know we're here.